the free for all roundtable brought to you by lexus avon canada's newest lexus dealer near canada's wonderland in the maple auto mall luxury is closer than you think round one and joining us on round one ctd political commentator advisor to a number of prime ministers premiers and political leaders scott reed former advisor to two premiers deb hutton and i'm jerry yegar filling in for john moore filling in for me mark tui is here on the panel as well let's I'll advise anybody. All right. How would you advise the Ford government then on their plan to cut the size of the new science center and build it at Ontario Place? A lot of people are unhappy about that. Yeah, a lot of people with, yeah, I mean, you either love it or you hate it, you've been there or you haven't. I'm not a huge fan of the Ontario Science Centre, just, I, I never fell in love with it, I can never find it, it's hard to get to, uh, you could fix all of that many ways. I'm waiting to see the plans. Show me the plans, Jerry, and then I'll, then I'll have an opinion on them. Until I see that, it's just a bunch of hot air. Okay, uh, Deb, can you and the girls find the Science Centre? Yes, we can. We absolutely can. Uh, but I love this plan. If, if... There is something that needs to be fresh and updated and new, isn't it the Science Center? Like, it, it should be the most technologically advanced uh, attraction that we have, and it's not. It's old, it's tired. I do take the girls there because it is something to do, particularly on a rainy day. But the fact that it's going to be updated, it's going to be moved, doesn't matter to me, even though it's relatively close to our house. And I don't think this is one of those things, Jerry, where size matters, quite frankly, as long as it's, as I said, new and fresh and up to date. Are there places where it does matter? No. Nope. Yes. Okay. Um, Scott Reed, uh, it's up to you, I guess, to slam the government. Well, I will slam the government because I hate it. I hate this the way the con hates Kirk, the way water hates fire. I hate it. I hate this plan. I think that less is not more. Less is less. And I just, uh, I, we're going to get. Uh, we're going to get less of a science center. Um, if you, if you're. If your argument is it needs a facelift and a refresh, first of all, they've done quite a bit of interesting things and they have new exhibits all the time and they just refreshed it about two years ago. Um, I, I, But that can be done where it is. But why we would trade a smaller location so that they have another argument for what they can do down at Ontario Place. We abandon that space that it's been at that's a historically recognized architectural feat. It's a beautiful building. I take my kids there constantly. Like, I mean constantly. And I'm very, very worried because this links to the green belt discussion. I'm very, very worried about motivation. I think a big part of the motivation is let's take that out of Flemington and Thorncliffe Park so that we can put more condos in there. This is a developer play. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Okay. But Scott, the answer to your question is housing. Like there's two subway lines that are going to go by there. Why wouldn't you build housing there when you've got the space to do it? Well, then plan it out and do it properly. But why do we have to get rid of something that brings people to that part of the city? And why do we have to do this? Because four people who knew Doug Ford at Queens Park are now working for six developers. And we're like, let's just get this done real fast. Wipe your hands, move, move quick, and a number of people get an inside track. It stinks. It stinks badly, and something <laughs> bad will happen to the Ford government. You watch. This is going to cause them huge political problems down the road. And I don't mean about people like me who disagree with their policy. I mean that people are going to find that bad things have happened in these transactions. Okay, Deb, I was talking just a few minutes ago to Ken Greenberg. He's an urban planner. He's a member of an advocacy group called Ontario Place for All. His position was you can't build housing there. At Science Center? Yeah, he said it's a floodplain. 
Yeah, I don't believe that for a second. There's big chunks of it that can be developed. It's upon. surrounded and you can, by miles of parking lot. And you can and you can keep the historically significant building that Scott's talking about and turn it into a community hub. Like, I'm sorry, Scott, when you go to the Science Center with your boys, I don't think you then go and shop in the surrounding area. I drive to the center, Science Center, I park, I go to the Science Center, I come out and I leave. I don't think it is significant for the community. And again, take the current building, turn it into some form of community hub that is useful for the community, and in the meantime, get the housing that everybody says they need, but nobody seems to want anywhere. The what number one the issue in this, the number one issue in this country is housing. Not only its affordability, but the lack of it. And yet everybody agrees with that. Debs, you're right. Except when it comes to actually doing something about it. And then, oh my God, no, I went there once as a child in 19 canteen with my dad, Scott Reed. We can't possibly change a lick of paint because, oh, you know, like, come on. Like, either it's a priority well, to fix on. housing or it's argument. not. That's a crap argument. First of all, you can't just dismiss the floodplain argument. It's by people who actually understand uh, what's, what is and what isn't permitted and from a planning perspective. Second, if you do end up with a bunch of higher, more expensive housing in there, what's going to happen is the folks in that community are going to be driven out. So it's not like we're doing this to serve the community. Let's not be Pollyannish about it. And finally, I'm not talking about going there once and I'm upset about a lick of paint, Mark. I'm telling you that I go there all the time. I think it's important to have destinations, not just in one chunk of the city, but all around the city. I think this is a grave, grave error and I really think that it makes the city last for it. Well, then they better upscale it significantly because it'll only be for rich people who can afford to live here to visit it once in a while. All right. Well, so you can't make you can't make we need housing the justification for doing anything and everything you want with or without any regard for rule process. Like you just can't. Like you can't be like, oh, we need it, so we're going to do it. It's just like the green belt. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about the green belt, but everything can't be. Oh, I'm all for housing, but no, 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 not here. No, no, not there. No, no, not here. Uh, the federal government, meanwhile, is apparently getting ready to pee all over the plan that Doug Ford has to build some housing in what is now a part of the Greenbelt, even though the Greenbelt would get bigger, and Doug Ford's plan is no different than the many, many times. Kathleen Wynne did the same thing with the Greenbelt, uh, but somehow all of a sudden now, it's more sacrosanct. Uh, sacrosanct. And Deb Hutton, I look at this and think, is there an area at which the federal government could butt out? Well, listen, I hate the fact, and I know this is a bit different, they're looking at a, a different reason to stick their fingers into this, but the notion that we have to have two different levels of environmental assessments, for example, on the Highway 413 area, is just ridiculous. What we have here, Jerry, is a very environmental activist minister who is looking for any way, shape, or form to oppose the Ford government's policy period, and using any tool he can find to do that. The notion that there are 13 birds that are likely to be in some of these areas is just ridiculous. And we should be so upset with the federal minister for using his, his legislation for pet projects to oppose the Ford government for the sake of opposing the Ford government. And it's not just pet projects. I mean, this is a case, as you know, Scott pointed out, this is, you know, some friends. Oh, there are some liberal MPs up there. Well, we've got to protect, you know, our ability to get votes there. This is nothing but politics. And again, it comes down to if housing is important, then do something about it. If it's not, then just shut up and stop talking about it. All those arguments are based on, I know what lies 
behind this idea. It isn't that it's an appropriate application of the law. It's that it's politically motivated. You can't prove that, and I can't disprove it. So let me join it and turn it around on you. I think, and I want to be recorded on this, and it can be played back. I think we will find that when all is said and done with respect to the green belt, that you will find that there were people who had prior knowledge, who benefited from it. You will find that there were people that made money off of it in the transaction, in the play. You will find that there will be investigations and processes that will demonstrate that everything in and around the green belt stinks to the high heaven, that there was unethical, possibly unlawful conduct. Watch and see. Investigations are underway now. I believe that those investigations will not come up empty-handed. And I think that that was the motivation behind the Greenbelt play. And we can talk about housing, but if you're going to do something that's good and you do it in a way that breaks the law or that rewards people who are pals and contributors, then you're going to get busted on that. So it's okay Stay for tuned. you to I don't assume this is going to work criminality, well but it's not okay for me to assume politics. But we know that politics influences everything. Okay, Scott, here's my question. Could every time Kathleen Wynne dipped into the green belt survive the same kind of investigation? Yeah, I bet. Bring it on. And and by the way, and, those and complaints weren't made at the times. Those allegations and suggestions weren't there. The circumstances of those decisions were different. But look, there are processes underway, Jerry. I'm not just ranting from a partisan perspective. I'm not even a big hater of the Ford government. That's not where I'm coming from. But on this, I'm telling you right now, people knew in advance. And that is going to lead to big trouble for the premier and for this government. And Scott, I'm with you on that. If if there is evidence of that, I, I, I'm all over it. I, it's absolutely wrong. It's just the Toronto Star and others keep making these allegations and nothing has come forward so far. So again, investigate, see what happens and charge people. But that doesn't mean that the notion of swapping land in the Greenbelt for the sake of housing is a bad one. All right, so a bunch of what we've been talking about does all tie around this issue of needing housing. And in my column today in the Toronto Sun, I took up this issue. Every time we talk about uh, housing, I get multiple, multiple, multiple uh, instances of feedback from people. It's the immigrants. It's the damn immigrants. There's a bunch of anti-immigrant sentiment going on here, and people tie it into, no, 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 I'm just being practical because we don't have the housing for immigrants. So really what I was asking uh, in the column and trying to give some statistics to help toward that answer is, do you think, Mark Tui, that immigration in Canada is overall a net benefit or a net uh, drain on the country? I think 100% it's a net benefit. It's the only way that population is really growing in this country and we need it to grow in order to afford the things that we want to keep affording. Uh, I think the immigration system actually overall works fairly well. You know, the idea that, you know, we should be reaching out and finding the, the best and the brightest and, and inviting and encouraging them to come here, I think is smart. What I don't like is the lack of coordination federally, provincially, municipally. We have the you know the the federal government out on the weekend talking about wonderful plans to you know entice uh, nurses and doctors to come to this country, but there's no coordination. There's no motivation to actually ever allow those people uh, to to practice as nurses or doctors. Yeah. They'll all end up working in convenience stores and driving cabs, and that's fundamentally immoral. Uh, so. You know, we talk a lot about making it easier for professionals to come to Canada and practice. We haven't actually done anything about it. And it's very, you know, involves the professional colleges. Maybe it requires governments to step in. Immigration net gain, net drain, Deb. 
Yeah, I'm 100% with, with Mark. I'll say ditto to that, and then I'm going to add to it. I grew up in Listowel, small community, an hour and 45 minutes from Toronto. We need doctors there. We need nurses there. We need a number of professionals there, and we need just laborers there. So what the government needs to do is not back off on immigration, but we need to, as Mark says, coordinate the different levels of government, and we need to incentivize immigrants going to places other than Toronto, Vancouver, and Montreal. So we need to build the infrastructure, the high-speed rail. We need to, uh, it doesn't have to be high-speed rail, but, but you know, connections to other communities. That's what we need to do so that we aren't overpopulating cities like Toronto without thinking about all of the other parts of, in this case, the country, but from my perspective, Ontario. Scott? I think it's a net gain. I agree with what it, what's been said, but I, I would be more critical of the federal government in particular. I, I think that the federal government is going to set increasingly higher immigration levels, which it should. Then it has a corresponding obligation to look at the reality of how that plays out. I think there should be permanent financial transfers that help uh, more with settlement. I don't think they should be one-off programs, a little bit on infrastructure here, a little bit on immigration settlement there. I think that they're I think this city, this city in particular, Toronto, it's a magnet for people who want to come here. We can't fix that with incentives, not alone. And so the federal government's going to have to say the, the direct consequence of our policy is that there are greater burdens placed upon the city of Toronto. Therefore, there needs to be permanent, reliable funding to help support that because they're writing a check and we're having to cash it. Scott Reed, Deb Hutton, Mark Tui. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.